Hi, this is Steve Addison for the Movements Podcast. The podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Today we're headed down to South Florida, where we're going to talk to Steve Wright of the Family Church in West Palm Beach about their vision churches in there. Steve, what's your story? How did you get involved and interested in movements that multiply disciples and churches? I was I was pretty typical. I grew up in North Georgia, Steve, and um, uh, actually wrestled in college, and a teammate of mine led me to Christ when I was in school. And if you would have told me back then that I would actually be a pastor at a church, I would have told you you were crazy or I would have been rolling on the floor laughing. But uh, by God's grace, he chooses the least of these. And so here I am today. And so really for the last 25 years of my life, I've been serving on local church staffs in various roles. And uh, a few years ago, a good friend of mine moved to South Florida, began to share with me just the lostness that was apparent here and was able to find out that, um, you know, Palm Beach County, Broward, Miami-Dade were uh, 96% unchurched. George Barna just released a study that said West Palm Beach is the number one never-churched city in all of America. And so as we were just finding, I was really, quite honestly, very comfortable in my ministry in uh, North Carolina. I was at a great church, uh, Providence Baptist Church there, and I had served there for 14 years and really loved working there for the pastor that I was serving with. Uh, But I realized that my dear friend Jimmy Scroggins was down here trying to turn, revitalize our church that we're serving at now, and plus just really reach lostness here. And so really the uh, understanding and just the vast lostness is what drove me here. And Jimmy and I like to say that, uh, quite honestly, you know, when we got here, if we felt like the regional megachurch model of like an attractional model, if we if, if we if he and I both really felt like that was the best um, strategy and tool to reach South Florida, we would be going gangbusters and Jimmy and I both have worked in large churches all of our lives and very familiar how mega churches and large churches work. But quite honestly, the the lostness was so vast here. We basically began to use a, a phrase. We said what we have to do to reach South Florida is we've had to abandon the regional mega church strategy as a way of penetrating lostness here in South Florida. And so what that means, uh, you know, obviously you start talking about abandoning the regional megachurch and you kind of are a megachurch. People are like, okay, well, if you're abandoning this, what are you holding on to? And so really we began to just dive into the book of Acts and just look at the multiplying movement that was there. We believe that the, the greatest church planting book ever written was the book of Acts. And then obviously we get to study the epistles and see how it fleshed out. So we just really began to read the New Testament through that lens of God on mission and how, what the early disciples, what the apostles were doing. And we really see throughout all the book of Acts, just this amazing multiplying movement. And of course, we wanted to see God do something like that. So we have said 
that it is our goal. We've stated this in various places, but it is our goal uh, and our vision that we want to see every resident of South Florida. We want them to have repeated opportunities to hear and to respond to the gospel. So I'm going to say that one more time. Uh, we, we want to make sure that every resident of South Florida has repeated opportunities to hear and to respond to the gospel. Okay, so if that is our stated goal, that is our stated vision, that's what we want to do, then we can't just hope that people show up at our church. Okay, there's, I mean, we can't even get six to seven million people to drive up to meet at our church. They wouldn't fit, for one thing. And so what this would mean is somehow we were going to have to figure out how do we take the gospel outside of our four walls to lostness. And because this is such a target-rich environment of lostness, I mean, Steve, people here, um, no matter what we did within the four walls of our church, they really could care less. And so what we've decided to do is really go, we just see, we just see a pattern in New Testament scripture and through the book of Acts of really intentional training. And so you see every believer living as a missionary, and then you just see these gospel conversations happening um, over and over and over. And as the gospel is presented, people actually respond to the gospel. And, you know, one verse that you're aware of, Acts 19.10, we see how uh, on Paul's missionary journey, for example, you know, the whole area there in Asia, 12 to 15 million people heard the gospel, both Greek and Jew, in a two-year period. And so uh, we just really put our flag, staked our flag in that and said, you know what, this is what we're going to be about. And so what we've done as a church, the practical aspect, a couple of things, you know, you see the um, the early apostles and early believers being devoted to prayer. And then this idea of gospel conversation. So what we say at our church is we want to help every believer, every new disciple, every believer, every member of our church. We want them to know how to turn everyday conversations into gospel conversations. Mm -hmm. And so as we've been doing that, we've just seen God do some remarkable things. And we've had, um, for example, an eight-year-old boy in our church um, win his 26-year-old babysitter to Christ. Um, one night and then um, not too long ago we had a lady in our church she's in her mid to late 80s and her apartment manager came down because of some bad things that were going on in her life and the you know senior adult lady in our church says hey I've got to share something with you that's given me great hope and she shared the gospel with that lady in that time of crisis and the lady repented and believed and so we're we're just enjoying what God's doing, and our people are really, Steve, just having a great time living as missionaries. And we've just tried to, instead of, as a church, instead of trying to make this one plate, one more plate of many that we're trying to spend, we've really tried to uh, make this the entire ethos of our church. What so, does that what look is like, uh, Steve? Well, practically what that looks like for us is that our training and our vision cast and our expectation for our church isn't isolated to one group. So this isn't something that we're trying to do maybe with, you know, our adults or maybe our middle school or it's really all encompassing. 
And so when we have a children's camp, for example, um, we, we will train our children how to have gospel conversations at that camp, and then we will give them many, many opportunities that week to have a lot of reps so that when they come home, they're actually trained and they feel comfortable knowing how to have gospel conversations. And is that using the three circles presentation? Yes. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, the three circles, that is something that, you know, God is using in an amazing way. Our pastor, Steve, as you know, he's the one that created that tool. And, you know, honestly, he created that tool uh, working with a Bible study class. He thought he was going to do a marriage class and he would have a lot of somewhat Christianese, healthy uh, people come to this class. Well, the 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 six or eight couples that came to his class, these were couples that were living together. These were couples that had children that weren't married. These were children. One couple um, came to the, the marriage class that Pastor Jimmy was doing, and the lady spoke English, could not speak Spanish, and her boyfriend, who she was wanting to marry, spoke Spanish, that did not, and he did not speak English. Okay. And they could not communicate, but... Uh, verbally, but they had a baby, so we are 100% certain that they had been communicating in some form or fashion. And so these were, we just really became aware of lostness. And so before you start trying to roll out a lot of marriage tips, you know, you really had to figure out a way, how how are we going to take these people to the gospel? Because if the gospel doesn't transform their entire life, all of these communication tips and things that you might teach people to do are going to be of no avail. And we'll, so, we'll link to the three circles on the blog. And let me assure you, I've, I've taken that way of sharing the gospel to remote villages in Kenya and uh, with Kenyan local guys who I've trained. And um, God has used it there to bring... Yeah, the North, the North American Mission Board has been kind to develop an app that people can download for free. And we just found out last week that there's um, a movement of three and a half million people that are actually being trained to use the three circles as their gospeling tool. So when we created it, it was just kind of one of those things that birthed out of our local church need and experience. But we're we're elated to see how God's using it. So you, you're training anyone in the life of the church, including kids and, and, and grandmas, how to share the gospel, and giving them lots of practice so they get confident with it. What else have you done um, to, to make sure this is really a grassroots thing in the life of the church? Yeah, you know, one, one of the things that we, you know, we've learned, Steve, a lot of people, the, the joke around our church about Pastor Steve is that Pastor Steve can beat a dead horse with a dead horse. You know, just just the persistence of keeping lostness and the need uh, to reach South Florida in front of our people, that is something that we've, you know, that it's not just something we preach on one Sunday. It's, it's something that we try to keep in front of our congregation each week. Uh, all of our training camps, all of the events that we do, we try to keep this vision before our people. Mm. And one of the things, Steve, that we're doing that's maybe a little bit unique is we, we believe that the, you know, the, 
people that we need to launch into mission, the best ones developed for that are right there in our congregation. And so at the end of our services each week, we say, wow, it's been a wonderful blessing to come and to worship and to be the church in here. But now let's go. Let's be the church out there. So I think our congregation is understanding what it means to be the church out in their communities, in their work uh, places, uh, at their schools, wherever they travel to. And so we're we're I think we're learning how to better train and how to better release um, the body of Christ. And so can you think of an example of when where that's happened? It's gone out there into the community through one of your people. Yeah, I I actually can think of a lot. I mean, you know, I was telling you earlier about um, how we're trying to train our children and, you know, different people. Well, when we, a couple of years ago, might have been this past summer, we took our kids to our children, our youth to youth camp. And so we, all the pastors that week, they preached on various aspects of the three circles. And then during the student small groups, they practiced with their friends at camp all week long and probably got somewhere between 25 and 50 reps. Well, some of our students came home equipped. Well, some of our students just decided one day that they were going to call their friends and invite them down to the beach because we live uh, in West Palm. And so they invited, you know, probably 30, 35 of their friends to come and hang out and have fun at the beach. And uh, one of the guys, when they all got together, just said, uh, hey, listen, we are glad all of you could come down here today uh, and have fun. This was just really an exciting time, but um, we really wanted to share something with you that has really made a huge difference in our life. And I've asked, um, and so he just called on another one of the students and said, I want him to come and share with all of you guys a major decision that he's made in his life. So here you have a new believer who is a disciple of one of our students sharing with 30 or 35 of their friends. And they probably had about 15 or 20 of their friends that day repent and believe the gospel. Now, the amazing thing about that was none of our pastors knew that was going to happen. Nobody got called, nobody. And so this was just something, you know, because our um, body saw lostness and the need and they felt like they were adequately trained that they could take the gospel to their friends. One of the things that we're doing also, Steve, is we feel like we've got to, uh, in order to affect lostness, that we're going to have to plant a lot of churches here in South Florida. Okay. Okay. So what we're, what Jimmy has stated as a, as a goal for us is we want to plant 100 churches. Okay. So, in 2011, when Jimmy stated this vision to our church, you know, obviously, you know, our church kind of laughed and chuckled. They thought hmm. Jimmy had lost his mind. You know, if he would have said, we're going to plant three churches, okay, you guys go ahead, you can do that. But, you know, there's a sense where you say 100, it's kind of like, okay, I think we're all going to have to be involved. And Jimmy said that on that day, he said, I know some of you are probably sitting here and you're thinking, as I say, we're going to plant 100 churches. You're in your mind, you're thinking, well, Pastor Jimmy, how are we going to plant 100 churches? Where are we going to get 100 pastors and 100 worship leaders? And how are we going to afford Baba? And Jimmy said, Jimmy stated, he said uh, in that sermon, he said, I don't know how, I just know we are. <laughs> 
And he said it with such conviction. I just think our church believed him. And the other thing that he said that day that was so powerful, he said, and some of you today, you want to know where are we going to get all of these pastors? And I'm going to tell you, you may be sitting beside the pastors of these churches right now. And you look to your left, you look to your right, the ones that are going to be pastoring these churches are you. And so there, there was this understanding that it, this was going to have to happen out of our church. And really, Steve, at that time, our church was coming out of a really, really difficult time. Our church had gone without a pastor for five years. Then they hired Jimmy, and Jimmy likes to say, if a church has gone without a pastor for five years and they hire you, you probably weren't their number one candidate. <laughs> so, so, you know, this church was in a really difficult time. And so for Jimmy to be stating these things so boldly, you know, it was like, man, I don't, Jimmy, we're just trying to catch our breath. We're just like trying to keep the doors open. How are we going to do this? And then this past leadership rally that we had in January, we were able to put 14 church planners up on the stage just within about a four-year period of churches that we've already planted and launched so that our congregation could see this wasn't just something the pastor was saying four years ago. This is actually happening. And Steve, one of the things that I'm most proud of, you say that you, you ask, what, are, what is an example? Two of these churches that we've just recently planted uh, are men that are out of our congregation. They're businessmen. They're lay people that God has called them into the ministry. We train them through a two-year residency program that we have here at our church. And these men are leading these churches. The, both of these pastors, they're bivocational. Their worship guys are bivocational. And the people that are working with children and other, other staff members that they have are bivocational. Well, that... I don't know, uh, but that's kind of unheard of here in the U.S., uh, and both of these churches are thriving and doing remarkably well, making a huge dent in lostness, and so we're just seeing a lot of this grassroots laity being strong, and uh, once equipped, you're kind of amazed at what they accomplish. Mm. I had mentioned that we have a residency. So what we're doing with these men that feel like, you know, men and, and women that want to serve alongside these church plants, we're taking them through a training, theological training, church planting training uh, process. We call it a, a two-year residency. And um, we, we are, as we're raising these people up, what we're, help, what we're going to be doing this year is we're helping these guys go into pockets of lostness that they have helped us to discover. And they're starting uh, small groups, missional communities, Bible study groups, home groups. We really don't care what they call it, but they're starting these smaller, more organic groups in order to reach their oikos and their neighborhoods where lostness is. And so this year, We've got slated about 15 of these um, areas that we're wanting to go to. And so with these churches that we already have planted, we've released them. And we instead of the, you know, 
downtown campus launching one church here and one church there occasionally because it's taken us 14 years, I mean, four years to get to 14. Um, what we actually need to see happen here is we need to see multiplication. And the only way we're going to see multiplication is if all of these campuses and church plants that we have, if they actually launch churches. And so they all have the assignment and the vision to do that. And so we, I'll, I'll tell you about a couple of areas. There's an area here um, called Riviera Beach that's really an, an urban inner city uh, area. And we have a church planting pastor that wants to go to Riviera Beach, start a small group there and just really um, go out, share the gospel and birth the church out of new Christians that they've won to Christ. We've got two church planters that are going to go to an area called Boynton Beach, which is a high populated area here. And they just met with their core team, the group of people that are going with them. They're actually moving down to this community so that they can uh, be live in the area that they're wanting to minister. And we've trained them how to share the gospel, how to present the three circles, how to follow it with discipleship. And they're, they're, that group, they're going to Boynton. Um, Tuesday, I was in um, a campus pastor's meeting that I have, and uh, we, have, we have a church plant that meets at a Christian school here. But right beside that Christian school, the, um, which is, you know, uh, the, the Christian school is, you know, kind of a fluent type school. I mean, it costs a lot of money to go to that school. But right beside that school is Section 8 housing. And we're not really been able to penetrate lostness because some of the people that live there, I think they have a little bit of scorn or um, animosity toward that school. So they really don't want to go to school right church right next door because of. And so some of the lay people that go to that church said, why don't we just take the church to them? And so they came into our meeting this past Tuesday and just rolled out a comprehensive plan of saying, hey, starting in Easter, let's go in and we can start with some low entry level things and do an Easter egg hunt for them, start meeting the community, lead with the gospel, start going in, having gospel conversations. And perhaps instead of asking those people to jump over the huge barrier of coming to this church, which for whatever reason, it is a real barrier to them. Why don't we take the gospel to them and maybe we could just plant a church right there in their community, uh, the community center that they have. And so uh, we have a we have a gated community here uh, that's close uh, south of where I live, uh, and it's called Olympia. Well, in in, in this home, in this gated community, there are nine thousand people. So there are a lot of homes, a lot of people that live there. And so, Steve, let's say that you and I wanted, you know, we had a burden. If you and I go to the to the gate and ask to get in, we I mean, they're not even going to let us get into the community. Well, so that seems like, you know, a, a huge hindrance, right? Except we have a church member that lives on the other side of those walls among those 9,000 people. And the layperson has been hearing about what we're doing. And he said, to, uh, he came, he met with me, he said, Pastor Steve, what if we start a church in the community where I live? 
And so, you know, I'm encouraged. I just think we're going to take the gospel further faster when you have these type of, you know, lay people uh, that are, God is raising them up. And, um, you know, they, they have a burden for the communities and lostness around them. And they, they are quite ingenious uh, to how to take the gospel to those places. Steve, what are you trusting God for to, to come out of all of this? Steve, Jimmy and I, we, we, what we're trying to do right now is we're, we're trying to encourage, we're, ho- we're trying to help our congregation, the people who are part of Family Church. We're, we're hoping that they would be as burdened uh, for South Florida and this region and the lostness of South Florida as much as God is. We know, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21, we know, and, and all through the Bible, we know that God is a missionary God. And our desire is that the people of our church would join the mission of Jesus and that they would see themselves as missionaries. And, you know, like our dream and our vision isn't really um, connected to what the uncontrollables are. It's kind of connected to what we actually know that we can control. And the things that we can control is we we can be brokenhearted and we can pray uh, and be devoted in prayer. So we can lead our congregation to do that. We're trying to do that. We Every day our church members pray at uh, 10.02 that the Lord would send laborers. Every one of our church members have on their phone this reminder and then on the first Wednesday of every month, we call it the first Wednesday fast. And we, we're asking our church members uh, to, to fast with us. And so we have that happening, and we're really excited about that. And so we, we can pray. The second thing is that we can control and that we can do. We, we can have gospel conversations. We can share the gospel. Now, we don't know if God's working in that person's heart or not, but we can share the gospel. And we know that when we share the gospel, according to Acts 17, some may mock, we may get a red light. Some may say, let's talk further about this, and we can have further conversation. We may get a yellow light. And then some people may be a green light, like happened in Acts 17, and they may believe and come with us and follow Christ. So those are the things that we're going to to continue to be faithful to work on. And we already know that God's going to advance his church. And so, the, see, the things that we're confident of, like, these are things that are, like, actually really in the Bible. So we don't have to argue and go, man, does the Lord really want us to pray? Okay, that, that one's easy. Does the Lord really want his people to be missionaries and to share the gospel? By the way, Steve, we have, 20, on average, we have 27 conversations people do every day. What would it look like if our people were turning just half of those conversations to the gospel. And then, and then third thing, when you look at Acts and you see how the church multiplied, you can't, you can't think of a region like South Florida and not see God doing something like that. So we're going to leave the results to him. And uh, as I said earlier, uh, it's a fun ride, and we are thanking God that he chooses to bless weakness and that he invites us, you know, that passage I just mentioned, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21, it says that God is making his appeal to others through us. And that's quite a privilege for us to have. 
and uh, we want to live with that badge of distinction.